Welcome to Black Girl Banter, a podcast where I, your favorite black girl, shoots to shoot with my friends. And today, y'all, I'm coming to you solo dolo in these streets. I feel like, well, not I feel like, I know every time I have come to you guys with an episode, it's been to introduce you to X, Y, and Z, or to bring um, guests on and my friends, and I'm grateful for them and happy that they've been here to share with y'all and to share with me. But I want, I, th- I feel like it's important for me and you to have a relationship. Like, it's important for you to understand the purpose of Black Girl Banter and listen to Black women, for you to understand the intention behind it, and then for you to also get to know the person who is cultivating all these conversations and, like, bringing these topics to you and the reasoning for these topics being brought to you or these people or whatever the case may be. So... I say all that to say, welcome <laughs> to me. This is going to be a very real conversation. I'm probably not even going to be able to edit this for real because I recorded, I'm not even going to get into it, but long story short, I recorded another episode. The editing is fucked up on it. I don't know what happened to it, but I'm just going to let it go and focus on the now and the present and the present is getting back to y'all getting back to what I love getting back to what fulfills me and what fuels me and that is black girl banter so my name is Kiana also known as rebellious Kiana on socials you can find me on Instagram and Twitter that is spelled r-e-b-e-l-l-i-o-u-s-k-i-a-n-a Again, that's Rebellious Kiana, not Kiana, <laughs> not none of that. I love all y'all. I love the girls. I love the variations of Kiana, but girl, K-I-N-A, period. Also, if you hear a dog in the background, like if you hear some jingling or you hear a little growl, I pray she don't growl, <laughs> but if you hear anything, girl, just, just let go and let God, okay? Please. So... The quote of this episode is from Stevie Wonder. I believe it comes from an interview with Oprah, but I don't want to lie to y'all because I'd be pulling these quotes at random times and whatever. But it definitely is a real quote and it definitely did come from Stevie Wonder. So it goes, I am not a normal man, never have been. The more I accept that, the better I feel. I'm a work in progress, but if I know in my heart that I'm doing my best, that my heart's in the right place, that I have unconditional love, I feel okay. That isn't to say that I haven't made mistakes. And again, that comes from Stevie Wonder. So the beginning of this quote, right, it starts and says, I'm not a normal man, never have been. The more I accept that, the better I feel. So for me, as soon as I read this, I thought about, well, what, what does that mean? So what, what is normal, right? What is a normal person? And I really could not tell you what normalcy means in the context of a human being because I feel like I don't know anybody that's just completely normal. Like, you know, there there are people every day. Like, no one is perfect. No one is... No one is going to be a poster child for, you know, the the 
perfect human being, period. Like, I don't, I don't feel like that's possible. But if I think of normal in terms of average, okay, I can see that. Like, there are people who live average lives, are fulfilled with average things, I guess. But it's like, what do you define as average? I don't know. It was just a whole lot, a whole lot. Of, but all of that, really, my whole process <laughs> and the mental gymnastics I was doing just made the second sentence hit even more because it's like, in all that time, I was trying to figure out what that meant. Like, who is a normal person? Am I a normal person? You know, do I do average things? Like, and what do what do my abnormal what do my abnormalities mean? What do they? You know, all that. Just unpacking all that shit, right? That whole time, I could have just accepted the fact that I'm not normal. That I don't know what normalcy looks like. I don't know what normalcy really is and embrace it and keep it moving and I feel like that helps to embrace those things about you that you feel like are not that other people can't have or that other people can't be suffering with that other people can't be experiencing and but not even just that but just the things within yourself that you don't feel confident about or the things that you're like "Mm, this is not normal this is not you know, this is not something that the average person would see and understand or see and, and love or whatever. And, yeah, you just, for me, I, I had to embrace all those things and embrace the fact that I'm not normal, that I don't be doing normal shit all the time. But at the end of the day, I'm me. And all these different things make me me. So the second part of the quote, he says, I'm a work in progress, but if I know in my heart that I'm doing my best, that my heart's in the right place, that I have unconditional love, I feel okay. So that part for me really just meant that life is a journey, which is something that I have believed for a while now, something that I have vocalized on this platform and other platforms that life is life this path that we're on right now was created by someone else that's what i believe now if you don't believe that that's your business but i believe that this path that i am on was created by a higher being i believe it was created by god and only he will only he can see my entire path right only he can see the the start to the finish So if I can't see the start to the finish, there's no way I can walk this path perfectly. There's no way that I can do all the right things. There's no way that I can just have this picture-perfect journey. Like, it's it's not real, and it's just not, not ideal either because the moments where it's not perfect help me to, one love the perfect moments even more but to learn something or or like just experience something else that will make sense later on down the line but I think that the goal in life is not to try to be perfect or not to try to do all the right things or have all the answers the goal in life is really just to 
control what you can control yourself, your own like motives, right? Your own intentions. So coming to everything, any situation, any opportunity with good intentions, right? Knowing that your heart is in the right place, that you're doing this because you believe it and because you want it and because you want better and you honestly can can see what you can do to help whoever, help whatever be better, right? But then also the fact that you have to understand that you're just doing your best. Like, you're not going to fix everything. For me, that's something I had to sit with because I often feel like I have to, I have this, like, inkling to fix, right? I'm a fixer. I'm a big fixer. I feel like the solution to any problem is like, oh, I, I can fix that. Let me let me show you. Let me put you on game. Even this full transparency, like even this platform was me trying to fix so much of the shit that I see my generation doing, saying, believing. It's like, girl, no. Like, mm-mm. But there's no possible way that I'm going to be able to convince every single person in Generation X or or the millennial generation, what I believe. There's no way I'm going to be able to touch every single person in Generation Z, even if I get a little bit close. And that's not to say that I ain't going to work <laughs> to get a little bit close. But it's unrealistic for me to say that I, as one human being, am able to touch every single person or able to make everyone hear me, believe me, agree with me, right? And and feel as passionately as I do. It's impossible. Like and never mind. I'm gonna get into my own personal in a second. We're gonna focus on the quotes. <laughs> so the last part of that is that isn't to say that I haven't made mistakes. So I guess I can, I might as well just go ahead and get into the the nitty gritty of the episode today. So that sentence for me hit because I think in the last, throughout my life, right, I have always been super critical of myself. And I definitely play my mistakes over and over in, in my head especially in the last year because I'm I'm super just I don't want to say self-sabotage but I definitely will punish myself for mistakes in ways that other people will not far after they have if they have like I I feel like every time I do something that I don't even know. I I feel like let me let me get my <laughs> let me get my verbiage. What I'm trying to say is my current self, right? There's a situation that happened last year that I definitely feel like I could have personally handled differently. I feel like a lot of people could have handled differently, but I also feel like could have been perceived in a different way. I definitely feel like I could have communicated my needs, my my wants, or my opinion in a different way, right? And so my present self 
makes is trying to make myself my past self feel bad about not knowing my what my present self knows so not knowing that hey instead of saying it in this way maybe you could say it in this way or hey you know this may be perceived in this way so maybe switch it up a little bit or or if you say this people may assume this about your character so maybe whatever and for me my character is very 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 much important to me I don't play that shit at all I have cussed niggas out for trying it when it comes to my character because I feel like it's not even a it's not even a matter of like oh I don't want other people to view me in this way completely partially definitely I'm not gonna lie to you I do I do care about how people perceive me because one I am a journalist, which is becoming, I guess, like a personality, right? So people are going to have opinions of me. I want people to view me in this way. I want people to see that I have the best intentions, that I'm not all these different things. But it's like, that's not up to me. The way that people perceive me, the way that people view me is not my baggage to carry. It's not my burden at all. And... I can't shortchange myself or I can't be super, super scared to be me completely because I'm fearful of other people's opinions. Like that's doing myself a disservice, but also a disservice to all the people who may be just like me, who need me to show up as myself or who need me to be there for them. Because I can't be there for you about some shit I'm not even willing to deal with myself, you know? So... Yeah, so the point of that (laughs) was that I definitely grapple with my own mistakes a lot. I think about the things in my life that I could have done differently so far. And I'm only 19, 20, so it's not even given like, oh, you know, I have this, this astronomical amount of wrongdoing, like... You know, it, it is it is definitely very small, minor things in the grand scheme. But for me, it's just like I pride myself on. I pride myself on my character. Because I know that I am. A good person, I know that I am intelligent, I know that I am peaceful, I know that I'm joyful, I know that I am just a multitude of different things that are not what some people may perceive me as. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that I am less of anything that I believe. Cause I only, I define me, not you. I define me for myself. And so the way that people perceive me or the way that people perceive you, the way that if people have, opinions of you and they feel like you are messy or that you are you know you're too sensitive or any of that shit please do not internalize it please do not feel like please do not allow that to become what you believe about yourself for yourself because nine times out of ten it's not real like only you are in your head only you know you truly 
like deep, deep down at your core, you and God, right? So if that's the case, if only you and God know you, how are you going to allow somebody else to tell you about you? That's a word. But I want to go back to when I was saying how I don't want to get into my own personal life or I didn't want to get into my own testimony, but I feel like it's kind of important for me to um, share here because like I was saying before, I want you guys to get to know me and I want you guys to see where I am coming from and to see like my intention behind all of this, my purpose behind all of this, right? So I want to go into the fact that Y'all have not heard from me. <laughs> Y'all have not heard from me in a minute. And child, I I don't even know. I think the last time I uploaded something was like July 2020, August maybe. I don't even know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I definitely needed that time for myself. I'm So I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because I needed that time for myself. Like... I I feel like this last year has been it's been a lot for anybody, right? It's been a lot for the average person. But as somebody who was always on social media, who was always reacting, right? Who was always sharing, always informing, like it was just draining and tiresome like you should give all of your love and your respect, not all of your love and respect, but you should give a lot <laughs> of love and respect to journalists, to um, people who work in media, to people who work in activism, right? Who, people who are activists, I should say. Because these people, they're the ones who have to process and, like internalize the trauma to bring it to the masses right so your journalists are the people who are on the scene at these traumatic ass events or these traumatic ass um like accidents right and they have to their literal job is to interpret what's going on gather all of the details, make sense of all the details if they can, and then give it to you, right? Or or maybe their job is to give you their opinion on said event or accident or whatever the case may be. Regardless, they're acting on instinct more often than not after something very, very, very traumatic has happened. And it's all to, like, help other people and, and to do all these great things. And it's it's beautiful work. Definitely, I love it. Would not want to do anything else. But it is definitely tiring to have to constantly react in real time, very quickly. Because part of just, part of just this industry within, you know journalist to journalist is like okay we're all well 
I don't want to say we, but today most journalism sites are competing to be the first, right? They're competing to give you the most information before the next outlet is because everybody everybody's honestly trying to just work as quickly as social media works. So it's all just fast, 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 fast. And child, I had to slow my ass down because it was just too much too quickly. Like with coronavirus happening in March of last year or not happening, but the peak of of fear and the peak of worry happening last year in March, but then also like and even what came with that, let me go back, because even what came with that, like, being fearful of this virus and not knowing what the fuck is going on, not knowing how this thing can kill you, but knowing that it can kill you, so you're just like, oh my gosh, how do I even, what do I even, <laughs> like, where do I even, but then also, personally, being kicked out of my dorm which is something that may be very minuscule for some people but one thing about me I worked my ass off to get to Atlanta like I worked my ass off to make my dreams possible period like being a journalist moving to Atlanta like pursuing my passion and doing what I love I worked my ass off for it so when I got there and it was such a beautiful experience like it was so amazing like I fell in love with Atlanta even more than I did I fell in love with journalism even journalism even more than I had like walking as a journalist every single day like being able to say I am in media that I am doing shit right helped me to find even more joy you know just in general so being kind of ripped from that was a lot and very quickly (laughs) so it was like oh my gosh I don't know how to process this but then also literally very few months after that Breonna Taylor's death murder I should say and so many other black people who were murdered at that time and protesting for justice and to get better for my people, get better for just the entire society that we live in was a lot. It was a lot to process that whole experience, to process the murder, but then also to process the protesting and the things that that happened after the murder, right? Even outside of the protesting, the ways in which social media and these companies responded to black trauma and they use black trauma, that's a whole lot to process because you you have movies now being created about what we're living in. Like, <laughs> who the fuck wants to tune in to the same shit that I'm living every single fucking day? Like... I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I live it. Like, police brutality is real. Racism is real. So, do we have to create 15 million productions about police brutality? Like, respectfully, I I get it. 
awareness, whatever the case may be. But there are other ways to bring awareness to black death than to make a movie about it or a TV show. Hell, even a song. Like, (laughs) respectfully, respectfully, can we heal? Like, can we focus on the healing part and not the, the reacting not the like the trauma itself let's move past the trauma and let's focus on the healing and how we can we can um process all of this and what this means for us and how we can move forward i get it it's it's important to document but it's like girl enough is a fuck enough please but even moving past that like Months later, fall semester starting, I'm a college student. So virtual learning, right? Having to deal with professors who are far too um, inexperienced, I will say, with technology and with modern forms of communication. (laughs) That's a lot, okay? but also paying them and they're not doing their job or paying them and they're doing the job in the best way that they can, but you're expected to do your job a thousand percent, if not more than that. So for example, I know people who went through fall semester and of course was, were doing their work, were in classes, you know, in enrolled in, my university, but they also had jobs. They were also taking care of their families or or friends because that's real too, like, you know. So it's just a, a multitude of things that became a lot for me that I had to really sit down with and I had to really figure out because it made me very angry all these different things made me very angry and they made me react in a way that I didn't really like so whether it was me being super like ready to flame your ass like just being ready to tear your ass up or me being super hyper focused on school so staying up until 2 a.m to finish assignments or to finish whatever even if like there were there were times where I would stay I would wake up at like 12 be on my laptop from 12 to 2 a.m 3 a.m didn't even eat or only ate once after I forgot to eat Right, so eating at 6 p.m. And then these would be assignments or tests or or quizzes that were due days later. But I had put myself in a position or I had put myself in this mentality where I felt like I had to get it done. And it just had to be perfect or it had to be it had to be A's, period. Nothing less. Because when I was a kid, that was a way that I. Oh. And we're going to get into the tears and the emotions of it. But when I was a kid, that was a way that I was able to find happiness in a shitty situation. 
Like, I knew if I was good academically, if I did what I needed to do in school, then everything else kind of didn't really matter. And it didn't really, you know, it was what it was. Like, I, let me get myself together. (laughs) Because, girl, we do not, we do not cry for real. (laughs) And I don't want to, I don't even want to say that because, that's that's old Kiana speaking, but child, old me would never, never cry on the microphone. Like what? Not even crying in general to where other people will hear me or see me. Like, are you dumb? But <laughs> knew me is better. So period. We tapped into our emotional health. But going back to what I was trying to say, so when I was a kid, I was sexually assaulted and I never really talked about it, not because I was forced not to, I was told not to, but just because I honestly didn't feel like, I didn't really feel like anything would come of it. I didn't really feel like it was important, to be honest with you, like I just... I don't know. I just, I feel like at the time, there was a whole lot of chaos in my world already. And I didn't want to add to that chaos. And I didn't want to, I don't know. I just didn't want to blow anything up or to disappoint anybody. And so I quickly realized that, or I I figured out for myself, let me say, that the way for me to make all of the these thoughts or, or these feelings that I'm experiencing as like a five, six year old kid, like the way for me to, I guess, ease all of that or like to get rid of all these different things very quickly is to just push it into the back of my mind, pretend like it didn't exist and never really process it. Because it didn't make sense. Like, I didn't know what to do with that as a kid. And then I have kid emotions. So I'm like, girl, I don't know what the fuck. I don't even know what this is. Like, I I can't make sense of this. So I also realized as a kid that the way that the whole reason, the whole reasoning for me not coming out and and speaking about what happened to me really just boils down to the fact that I didn't want to be a troublemaker, right? That I didn't want to disappoint the people in my life who I loved and respected and, and cherished, right? And so the best way to not be a troublemaker is to be a goody two shoes or to not even to be a goody two shoes, but really just to be the best kids and the best kids what do they do they're good as fuck in school so that's what I did I was straight A's on a roll period that that's it that's all nothing less nothing more I was always one step ahead of my my peers whether it's in elementary school or middle school or whatever like I just I had to always understand and then also like understand a little bit more 
than the people around me understood just so that I could feel validated because that was the way that that was the way that the the people around me validated me like I felt like I was celebrated or yeah celebrate is the word I was celebrated for being so academically inclined right I was celebrated for doing well in school always doing well in school to the point where when I didn't do well in school and it could be the smallest thing like me getting a C right I remember I got a C one time when I was in high school yeah I think I was in 10th grade or some shit I got a C and when I tell you my mom was not here for it like at all completely a C mind you first time I had ever gotten a C and I I don't even think it was on a report card I want to say it was on a progress report it might have been a report card I'm not gonna hold you but Regardless, and that's not to to throw anything at anybody in my life, any of the adults in my life, but, or not but, but because we're all only doing the best that we can with what we can, and so, you know, it is what it is, but going back to me, like, I, I've, I felt like if I was good in school, nothing else mattered like if I was good in school everything will be okay so going back to fall semester right I was constantly doing work I was constantly like making sure I was on top of my shit when it came to all five of these fucking classes mind you I was going through all this remote learning and shit while the world is fucking self-destructing. <laughs> like, the world is just turning to shit. So, it was just like, it was a whole lot, a whole lot of, and I feel like during the semester, I dealt with my own, my own issues with wanting to be perfect or needing to be perfect, right, for myself and for other people, feeling like, I had to present myself as perfect all the time to other people or else they wouldn't understand me or or the way they wouldn't like me or they wouldn't see that I'm worthy and deserving of all these different things, right? But then also for myself, feeling the same way about me, right? Um, And then also not really understanding why I can't fix this situation like I think I said before I am a fixer like I feel like I can I can work my ass off (laughs) to fix every single thing and last year I'm gonna keep it a being with y'all like last year I saw a lot of people a lot of places a lot of ideas for what they really are and I hated a lot of it And it was just too much for me. It was too many fires for me to try to put out. So I had to deal with that. The fact that, like, I'm not superwoman. The fact that I'm not a fixer of everything. Like, I can't be all these different things at once. I can't be in all these different places at once. So not being able to really be a fixer made me want to just step away from 
social media on top of the fact that I recognized that I wasn't who I wanted to be at the time. Like I wasn't acting like me, but also because I knew that I really didn't have any conducive things to say when it came to making change, right? I didn't really, I didn't know where the fuck we go from here. I didn't know, you know, what, there was no plan. Like there was no nothing for me. And there still really isn't like a 1000% plan about it. But I feel like now I just, I feel like I'm understanding and I'm more welcoming of the fact that I am a work in progress. This is this is a path. This is a journey is the word I'm looking for. And you know, you got to just be present in in every aspect of it, be present at every point because that's what's going to help you to get the answers. That's what's going to help you to make sense of it all. You can't just you can't just arrive at a conclusion without taking steps to get there like you you have to what is it called a scientific plan ain't that what I'm looking for scientific method period so it's like you gotta just you gotta just keep moving and you have to just figure out what you can figure out and what you can't definitely Commit yourself to learning more, to understanding more when you can or if the opportunity presents itself or if you're in a position where you could learn more. But if you can't, then just, it's okay. Like, it's okay not to know everything. It's okay not to have straight fucking A's in a pandemic. It's okay not to be able to actively show up either online or in person when when you're faced with injustice because a lot of people deal with real trauma that makes these injustices too much too much like even people who deal who have family members in the system or have family members who were killed or or experienced police brutality or experienced it for themselves, went to jail themselves or or went to prison or whatever um, place in this fucked up ass criminal justice system you may have been, right? There are people who are not really able to protest or able to really speak or or even process the shit that we're seeing every day at this point because it's too much. Like, as as black people, and I, I really don't even want to say as black people because I've never been anything but black. <laughs> so it's nothing to compare it to, but I can definitely say that, uh, sorry, y'all, I'm readjusting. Because my leg went to sleep. Um, Black people, we're not... We're not the first ones to go to therapy. We're not the first ones to make this... Take the steps, I should say, to process and heal from trauma. We just say, fuck it. Life goes on. We got to move forward and do what we have to do to pay these bills. 
or to keep doing his job or to, you know, provide for these kids, provide for this family, whatever it is, right? We just keep moving. That's just what we do as black people. We just, you know, it was what it was. Now you got to just keep moving. And it's like, girl, go to therapy because that ain't it. That's not it. Trust me. Like, speaking from my own person, like, I definitely, I definitely tried to use that whole mindset to move in life. Like, I felt like, okay, shit happens to me. Shit happens, but it is what it is. Like, what you gonna do about it? Like, whatever. And while that, that may sound great in theory, it's really not healthy at all because you're not sitting down with your emotions you're not allowing yourself to feel through whatever it was that happened to you you're not allowing yourself to recognize how this event or how this incident may trigger you in the future right so if you have experienced police brutality or you have been a victim of the criminal justice system you may be triggered by the shit that you're seeing today. You may be triggered by the shit that you see on CNN all the time or you see on your timeline to the point where you can't really tune in anymore. You can't really be you can't really be there to see it because it's too much for you and that's okay. Like I had to figure that out for myself because I definitely felt quite shitty. I definitely felt like okay, I can't or let me not. I I'm not on social media talking to people. I'm not on social media like sharing things or like just being present in in the world in this moment. So I am a failure or so I am not like I am not a real nigga like or whatever the case may be and that's not true at all. Like, I am a black woman. I am very much informed of what that means. I'm very much informed of what that comes with. And and my own life is an example, <laughs> period. Like, the things that I go through on a daily basis is the fucking textbook, period. But then also reading more about my blackness, doing, figuring out shit about my ancestry, like, all these different things are helping me to even understand my own blackness more than I do, so it's like, and it's crazy to me, this is a whole different tangent, but it's crazy to me also when people are like, oh, you know, let me, let me, um, let me educate you on some shit, right? Because a lot of non-black people don't understand what they're looking at. And they they say some dumbass shit about it or whatever. And it's like, I don't want to explain shit to you. One, because I'm trying to figure this shit out for myself. Like, a lot of black kids went through elementary, middle school, high school, and didn't know sh- as much black history as we should know don't know shit about their their own 
ancestors, their own plight to get to where they are today, don't understand their own blackness completely, right? Because we were unfortunately stripped of all of that in order to be the niggas that the white people wanted, honestly. Like, we weren't able to learn about black history that much in high school because curriculum was put in place by white men. Like, and white men are not going to want black people to be empowered. So, of course, we're not going to put y'all on to the black people and the black leaders who have changed the game and who have really done shit for not only black culture, but for America in general. And the fact that black people are the ones who built this shit, they don't want us to know that. So of course we didn't, we didn't learn that, but then also like two, I don't want to educate you because this is my fucking life. And I feel like a lot of non-black people get very much tied into statistics or get tied into, like, this is what you read. But my nigga, I am an actual being who experienced these things. And you're, you're trying to tell me that it's not true or it's not real when I'm telling you it's my fucking life and my life is very much real. Like, it's just, it's very much invalidating and so I'm just not interested so if you were coming to me or you were thinking that you were going to come to me for some sort of enlightenment, kiss my motherfucking ass, and that's just period. Keep it moving. But I forgot the tangent I was even... <laughs> I forgot where I was even going before that point because so many different things and so many different white womening situations just came up in my head that's pissing me off. But... Whatever. Anyways, so, yeah, all that to say that I had to go to therapy. I had to figure my shit out. I had to tap into my own mental, emotional health and and figure out what I was doing wrong. The fact that I wasn't really taking care of myself in the way that I should. That I wasn't prioritizing my own mental health and my own emotional health. So I was trying to help all these different people or I was trying to be there and show up for all these different people so that they could have someone but at the end of the day I wasn't really there for myself so there's that but then also trying to figure out trying to figure out um Trying to figure out what that meant for me, to really be honest. Because when when you are living your life for so long trying to be what other people want you to be, whether it's, you know, your parents expecting you to grow up and go to college or expecting you to be a doctor or a lawyer or expecting you to be whatever, right? Or the world expecting you to be this and expecting you to show up as this, right? You go through life trying to fit that mold so badly. Like, you're trying to shove that size 10 and that size 7 so bad, and, girl, you need to just let that shit go. And part of letting that shit go is really 
sitting with yourself and being like, damn, I will honestly really never be that. Or not even that you'll never be that, but just that's not what makes me happy. That's not when I when I think about, you know, who I want to be in 10 years or who I want to be at the end of all this shit. Right. It's not that. It involves none of the things that the people who love me or the people who are in my life expect me to be. It's none of the shit that they see for me. It's what I see for myself. And understanding that and really prioritizing that first. Because at the end of the day, like, a lot of people that I know... I'm from Florida, so a lot of people that I know come from black Southern families, right? And a lot of black Southern families kind of work on the the mindset that, you know, your grandparents or your ancestors work their ass off so that you can also work your ass off and to be the, I don't want to say like the peak success for the entire family but you're kind of supposed to be the the representation for the fact that their work was purposeful and for some black families that means being a doctor being a lawyer like getting your phd right even going to college like all these different things that they feel like you're supposed to be and that's that might not be real for you and it's okay like it's okay that you're not all these different things that doesn't make you a disappointment that doesn't mean you should be embarrassed that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be anything other than yourself because at the end of the day you have to live this life you have to walk in your own skin every day like okay show up as what all these different people want you to show up as every single day but you're gonna look in that mirror and think about damn, I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> or you're going to wake up in the morning and be like, damn, I don't want to go to this job. Or damn, I don't feel like doing all of this. And if that's okay with you, then cool. If that's if you can make sense of that for you and you can make it to where you still are joyful, then do it. Like, there are people who want to be doctors and want to be lawyers. Like, I think that's a great thing. I think that that's phenomenal and I think that you should go after whatever you dream of. But if you don't dream of those things, it's also okay. It's also okay to do whatever you dream of and to be that. Make your own dreams come true. Hell, like, I, I feel like going back to black families, right, a lot of older black people we're not able to live their dreams. Not even older black people, our parents. A lot of black parents weren't able to live their dreams. And so they worked their ass off so that we could live our dreams. And to keep it frank with you, like if your parents truly believe that and they truly stand by that and they truly say like, I worked so that you could be this or you could be all of everything that you wanted to be or to you could do everything that you wanted to do or you could live out your dreams then they have to be accepting of the fact that your dream may not look like their dream to be honest but child a lot of black 
families need therapy. My own black ass family needs therapy. So that's not even to finger point and whatever. Like, that's just some real shit. That's just my own life <laughs> coming to y'all. Hell, but um, yeah, this whole time of me not being present has definitely been for my own self. And me not being present in the world meant me being present in my own life and in my own experiences because if you are constantly, like, reacting to the world, you're constantly, like, on socials or on any form of media, doing anything in media, right? Sometimes you can't really be present in your actual real-ass life. Like, you can't think about, you can't taste that Zaxby's, for real, for real, if you're thinking about some shit that happened to you three, four days ago. Or you're thinking about, you know, the traumatizing-ass shit you just saw on your timeline four hours ago. Like, you can't because you're brain is is kind of still trying to process what you went through or what you were exposed to before so you can't really be in your right now because you're still trying to deal with your yesterday or your last week and that's human that's real that's not on some like you need to do better you need to no 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 like like I, like I said, I was saying all of that and this entire, like, session is me, is for you to understand that I am coming from a place where it's like, I have been there. I am there. So I'm just trying to, what did Lauren Hill say? And, um... Lauren is only human. Don't think I haven't been through the same predicament. Let it sit, let it sit inside your head like a million women in Philly pen. It's silly when girls say their souls because of sin. Let okay. Anyways, let us let let us get back <laughs> to the points of the episode. The point is to go to therapy. The point is to do what you need to do for yourself and to live your life and to be your best self, to be your true self. Which, also a side thing, and I'm not going to go off for real, for real, because I've already spent too much time on this than I wanted to. But, um, so one thing that my therapist had to clock me on was the fact that I was not, I was not understanding of the fact that my ugly or whatever or the the things that I may not be so excited to share with with the world is me it's it's my true self your ugly self is your true self and you gotta deal with that like it's you at the end of the day you can run from it if you want to you can try to pretend like it doesn't exist but girl it's there so embrace her, love her, try to like, you know, 
fix what you can. But shit, it's you. You're you. Only you can be you. Only you can do you. So be the best you possible and show niggas how to do you in the best way. Of course they would be doing landscaping while I'm trying to record this <laughs> anyways um hell I already told y'all I wasn't perfect so there we go but any whore so back to the key key of this episode because that really wasn't even the real it wasn't supposed to be the meat but it became the meat on the lowest of keys so, um, the reason that I really wanted to come and speak with y'all for my first solo episode, like I said, was just to give you the purpose and the intention behind Black Girl Banter and listen to Black women in general. So, I started being, or I started expressing my creative self when I was in seventh grade, right? I had this creative writing class, and I... I loved it. Like, I was interviewing people. I was writing articles and shit. But I just, I feel like I didn't really think that it was serious. Like, I didn't really feel like it was, you know, I come from a military family. I'm very much, like, I, a lot of the people in my life, have like real ass careers and shit and like corporate careers so when it came to creative I was just like oh this is a hobby or like this is some shit that it really is not that damn deep um but when I got to high school I realized that it was something that I really did love and enjoy and it's something that I really needed I cannot believe they're really out here like mowing the fucking lawn while I'm (laughs) y'all I can't like this is my life bro this is my life anyways so ninth grade I took journalism and I really again didn't take it seriously shout out to Mr. Jordan because he definitely had to deal with my mouth and my attitude because I felt like it really was not that deep but it was his real passion and it was some something that he was really trying to put us onto in terms of like this is the way that you can express yourself like you can literally share your own thoughts and and feelings with the world but then you can also like put people onto other people's thoughts and, and beliefs and you are a vessel for so much as a journalist and so, of course, ninth and grade, didn't give a fuck about none of that shit. The penny press, all of that, not interesting, so I wasn't really here for it. But I think 11th grade, I started to do real writing. Like, we really started to write articles and shit because we got a newspaper. I want to say it was 11th grade. Well, 12th grade was when we started the newspaper, but 11th grade was when we started to really like, write articles and interview people and, like, do actual real journalistic work. So I was like, okay, you know, this is is a thing. And I remember I wrote something. I don't even remember what it was about. I don't remember. Couldn't tell you. 
the topic or the title. But I remember Mr. Jordan reading it in class and he told me, he was like, you have a real knack for this. Like you, you have a real, a real knack. There's no T in that. (laughs) You have a real knack for this, like for storytelling and you are really, you have a gift and this is a real talent and something that you should tap into for real, for real. And I didn't understand that for myself. Like, I was like, mm, how am I going to have, a, like, a gift when it comes to journalism when everybody in my life is in corporate or is in some sort of, like, very um, organized or very, what's the word I'm looking for? very like nine to five I should say very like you know schedule system all of that they're all in these careers that do that so how am I gonna have a gift in something that is the complete antithesis of everything that they do and also see me doing right because uh, I don't even want to get into that but whatever so he told me that I was like, mm, girl, okay, like this is fun and I feel you. Thank you for affirming me. Is my shit this good? Oh, my shit that good? Okay, period. Let me keep doing it. <laughs> so, 12th grade, we, like I said, we started the um, newspaper. Me and a couple other people, we basically ran the newspaper. We created the, lay- the layout for it. We inputted content, input content. Whatever the whatever the damn phrase is that I'm looking for, we did it. Period. That's all. So we did it, and we did it, Joe. <laughs> and so yeah, we had a newspaper and all of that. But throughout this that entire process, you couldn't tell me I was not gonna be a nurse practitioner. Like you couldn't tell me I was not gonna be in somebody's med school learning about pediatrics like you you couldn't tell me that but 12th grade I took anatomy and found out that that's not something that was of interest to me at all like I didn't like it I wasn't here for it and I also was not excited about the fact that I would have to be in classes like this for years upon years to do something that might be fulfilling to me like helping kids and like you know saving the lives of children but um having to learn about all that shit really was not was even more boring than the printing press and all that like (laughs) not gonna hold you because that was not really super interesting to me but I could at least be active and present in the conversation. I could read the chapters and take notes and be cool with it. It wasn't like I wanted to go afterwards, have a full-ass conversation at lunch in 10th grade about yellow journalism, but I could tell you what it was. I could, you know, in class, I could be engaged in the conversation. But anatomy, I wasn't here for none of that shit. I wasn't really (laughs) – I wasn't really interested (laughs) – and none of it in class out of class nowhere so I was like okay I have applied to all these universities thinking that I was going into medical and now I've been accepted into these universities thinking that I'm going to medical what am I gonna do 
But then also I was accepted into my dream university and the financial aid is garbage. So to the point where my mom had to have a real conversation with me and tell me that shit was not going to happen in the most polite way she could and be stern, but also be like compassionate and empathetic. So that was a whole nother thing. It was just like my world was just falling apart very quickly. So literally 2019, months before I graduated, switched my whole major to journalism and really had to come to Jesus moment with myself and say, listen, if you gonna if you're going to allow if you're going to be committed to something, right, you got to really be 1,000% in it, right? You have to really live, sleep, breathe this thing if you're, if you're going to do it for real, for real. Because college is money. College is time. College is effort. So if we really going to go down this, you know, college path, we're going to make sure it's for something good and it's, it's at a place where you actually enjoy the environment and you actually are happy with the environment and not just the institution right or the name of the institution or the 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 elitism that comes with and and exists at said institution so I had to just take a risk. And so I changed my major to journalism. There's a whole lot, a whole lot of that is also going into that story. But this is the pretty version. And this is also the, I took way too damn long at the beginning of the episode. So short change. Um, Yeah, I changed my major. um, Decided to go to Clark Atlanta and really put my all into it. So when I got to Clark Atlanta. Well, let me let me back up. I started listening to black women at the beginning of my senior year. So, that was like 2018. And that really just came from me being very much tired of the the media coverage that I was seeing of black women, like all of the reality TV mayhem, but then also just the drama and the chaos, but then also the way that our stories are being told, I just really didn't like it. None of it I I liked. I feel like media at the time lacked empathy for black women, still does, but um, far, far worse. <laughs> there was no, like, black women were just loving hip-hop and Real Housewives of Atlanta and we were all angry. We were all just everything. And I was just like, mm, this is not it. Like, this is not what I know. This is not what I connect with. Like, the black women in my life will very much read your ass and will definitely get your ass together. But they're also very much college-educated women. They're also very intelligent. They're also able to sit in a classroom or, or sit in a debate and really read your ass down. Like... And they're also hardworking. They're also healers. Like, there's there's so many different things outside of this one facet that, that 
the world is being shown. So I was like, you know what? I don't know any black girl or black woman that is what the media presents us as. So let me just let me just show the black womanhood that I know. I know the beauty. I know the success, the achievements. I know the the love and the compassion and the empathy that that we have. I know so much and I see so much and I connect with so much and I feel it, see, hear so many things that for me paint the most amazing picture of black women. And that's what I wanted for Listen to Black Women. I wanted to show the essence of black womanhood, to show the power and the the love that I have for black women, but to also to also show other black girls what black womanhood really is. Because when I was a kid, I felt like all these different forms of of media that were exposing this one facet low key made me feel like I wasn't a real black woman or I wasn't a real black girl because I didn't connect with that like I didn't want to be that and I didn't really like I didn't believe that I was these things right not to say that I didn't drag niggas because I have always been my mouth has just always been what it has been but really the the really just the fact that like okay I can definitely be very much passionate and I can definitely be very much I'm gonna cut your ass out and I'm gonna tell you tell you what you need to hear but that doesn't mean that I am just this super angry bitter just like rage-filled monster like no like Solange said I have a lot of shit to be angry about but that doesn't mean that I'm not also happy that doesn't mean that I'm not also joyful and so like I just I don't know just all those different things just made me question so much about myself as a black girl and figure out who I was and my own identity so as I grew up and really senior year started to define me for me and and really love every part of my identity because I made it for myself I was like you know I want other black girls to experience this I want other black girls to see all the different people and the black women who have helped me get to this place whether it's black girl podcast so Scotty Beam, Alicia, Bex, um, Safira, Gia or it's SZA, um, Carrie Foe, um, Beyonce, um, No Name, who else, City Girls, um, just so many different people, so many different black women who put me on to shit, Aisha, um, Aisha definitely cannot pronounce or not even pronounced, I can't even remember her last name at this moment. I know it starts with an F. Um, let me say the grapevine, period, because that will put in Ashley and Donovan, who literally educated me on so many different things and informed me on so many different perspectives 
please tune into the Grapevine TV. Not sponsored, just love them. But um, so Ashley, Donovan, Aisha, Uchechi, uh, Latasha, like just so many black people, and I should say black people as when I say that I mean not cis male black people take that take with that as you wish but um yeah so just seeing all of them and just being super appreciative and wanting other people to see them as well and see them in the same light as I did and love them and appreciate them and support them because they put me on to so much shit so it's just a combination of like me wanting to change the narrative around black women, but also put you on to the people who are actually making change and the people who will help you see the truth of who black women are and what we do and, and how we move in this world. And that's not for, that's not to say that it's supposed to be like the fucking blueprint for white women because, or not even just, just the blueprint in general, because I don't want it to be like, oh, this is a space where white women go to figure out what black women do or how black women move like girl no it's not for you at all it's for black girls I want to make that a point to let people know that it's for black women it's for black girls and that's just that it's anybody Instagram is a free platform (laughs) Instagram is definitely um for the general public, but when it comes to listen to black women, when it comes to black girl banter, when it comes to the opinions and, and beliefs and, and thoughts of consumers or to, to my audience, to the audience of listen to black women, I only give a fuck about black women and girls, cis and trans. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's all. Um, and yeah, so Listen to Black Women started as that in, like, 2018. And then 2019, when I got to college and met my homegirl, Tanise, who is also Mooka Chanel, who I love very much, who I'm so grateful to have met in this life. Like, she is such... She just... She's just a great example of just so much for me like she's just a good ass person but she's a real ass person and she's also hella like I don't I feel like this is a crazy compliment to give people but I always compliment people by saying that they are them because I feel like that's such a good I don't know personally I feel like that's a good compliment because or what I mean by that is like there are so many people who don't live as them there are so many people who are so afraid to be themselves 
And so when I meet people or when I see people who are not afraid to be who they are, who are not afraid to do what makes them happy, who are not afraid to, like, just be them, it's like, yes, I love that shit, period. And so meeting her and her being, like, just this fire-ass fucking person was like, okay, period. And also having a website and a podcast because I had never seen anybody in my immediate circle who had a podcast or who really had a website for real, who was really in this shit for real, for real. Like, of course I listen to podcasts, but these hosts that are on these platforms seem like fucking eons, you know, away from me. So I don't really know... I've never really experienced someone in close proximity to me who had a podcast or who had a website. So meeting Tanise who had all these different things and it was like, okay, so that's actually attainable. Like that's not just something that my favorite personalities or influencers can do. Like I can do that shit. So I was like, okay, so let me, let me again, take another risk on myself. So even that whole process, like her being the first person I ever recorded an episode with, her being just there for me the entire time I was trying to launch my new website for Listen to Black Women or launch Black Girl Banter, any of it. Like, just trying to go off in a whole different way. She was there and she affirmed me and she reassured me that this path that I was on was for me and that I should just keep going. And so that's basically kind of how we (laughs) arrived where we are at today on this very microphone. So, um, sorry, I'm looking at this. The... It's important for me to keep black girl banter going and to listen to black women because, one, it fulfills me. It's something that I feel like is part of my purpose on this earth. There is a reason why I have come back to this microphone. There, There is a reason why I have come back to writing after and during some of the lowest points of my life. There's a reason why. There's a reason why when I'm going through shit, my first, like, not my first, but maybe my second or third thought is like, okay, I have to, or not even that I have to, but I want to share this for other girls who may be going through this. Like, my Shiro, Scotty Bean, she is definitely a... She's definitely someone who doesn't shy away from speaking about black women and standing up for black women, but she also... Part of that is speaking up for herself, and part of that is, like, living and walking as, like just an example, just as her, like just being, right? 
So for me, I guess I just, I always want that. Like for me, Scotty Beam has shared so much of her story that I, that I needed or that resonated with me or helped me get to a point. And that is why she is my Shiro because she has literally been such an instrumental part of my everything without even knowing it. Like just, just by getting her shit off and like sharing her own story, she has helped me in so many ways, more ways than I'll ever be able to explain and, and like, whatever. I don't even want to get into it, but, because I'd be getting emotional. But all that to say that, like, she has done all these different things for me, and I know the power that that has had. So I want to be able to help other girls experience that, whether it's through me or through other people that I help them find or or put them onto like I feel like that's very important for anybody to have someone in the world that you connect with just in general whether it's going to a gynecologist that you connect with that understands your trauma that understands your real self right going back to that true self that quote-unquote ugly that you may not want to or that you may feel like other people will not understand. Meeting people, hearing people, seeing people who understand that part of you, who may have lived that part of you, or not even that part of you, but who have lived lived similarly in their own life, right? Because only you can live you, only you can be you, but people who have similar experiences or similar emotions that you can connect with, it's important, right? So, again, whether it's your gynecologist who understands experiences you have went through, trauma, and can apply that to how they treat you, even professors, even friends, like just in general in life, right? You want people who see you and who affirm you and people who, like, understand you. You connect with that, that or for me, I radiate towards people who I feel that way towards. So I want other black girls to feel that. I want I want other black girls to be able to experience that because it is beautiful. And I love it, truly. And it's important. Representation is important. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to... Don't be afraid to acknowledge the fact that you are influenced by other people or that you need other people to live them so that you can live you low-key. You can live you in the best way because you're going to live you regardless, but, like, sometimes you need other people. Or for me, sometimes I need other people to... To, um... Hmm. Sometimes I need other people to... uh, Make me feel comfortable. Like, that's that's just real. Like, London, please. <laughs> I told y'all this wasn't a perfect episode. And I told y'all I wasn't editing nothing. So, it is what it is. 
I want to put this out so bad. I don't even have, I don't have the energy or the patience to edit. I just want y'all, period. So, um, so all of that keeps me motivated, like wanting, wanting other black girls to see how fire they are, like see how dope you are, see how much you have built and changed and sustained the culture other people like just in general black women are forces like we are the shit and that's an understatement like truly and i've i've am motivated knowing that this platform is showing that is showing that there is so much power, so much pride that comes with being a black woman. And it's like, you you tried to tell me I was all these different things. You tried to, to put me in a box. You tried to put me in a bubble. And you couldn't. You try to tell me to be quiet. You try to silence me. You try to make me feel inferior, and you couldn't. And not just me, but just black women in general. Like, you tried since the beginning of time. You've tried to break us down. You've tried to make us just disappear or make us just not what we naturally are, impactful, purposeful, healers, you tried your very best and none of that shit worked because it's not on us, it's in us and it's not shit you could do about it. And you're going to be mad for the rest of your life if you think that black women are going to be anything less than the shit. So every every single day that I'm on this earth, as long as I have breath in my lungs, I will make sure of the fact that you are... Let me not. I will make sure of the fact that black women and black girls see that. Because it's not really about trying to put other people on to what I already know. Because at the end of the day, like, I don't need anybody to, I don't need anybody to really, I don't need anybody to affirm me as a black girl. Especially not, actually when I say nobody, I mean non-black people. Because sometimes I do need other black girls to like, you know, help me feel comfortable like I said. But I don't need non-black people to do any of that shit. Like, girl, bye. Anyways. So, this whole, that was so nasty, y'all. I'm gonna have to edit that out that I burped. Oh my gosh, y'all, I said I was not going to edit this. Anyways, so, yeah, it keeps it just keeps me motivated to know that I am just trying to do for myself, but then also for other people. And I want more for black girls. I want black girls to not have to see such negative examples of, what a black woman is and then try to internalize that internalize all the different things that other people are telling them or other people 
are perceiving who they are as perceiving them as yeah anyways but then also not internalizing the things that they may feel like they're fearful of becoming true so that basically means that like for me I definitely part of me not really being me as as candidly and as like or let me not even say that because that was gonna be a lie (laughs) part of me not being open and honest about the things that I've experienced and the the emotions that I feel either because of or you know about the things that I have experienced in life was because I did not want some of the things that I feared were true about myself to actually be true and I don't want to share those things because I'm still in therapy and I feel like you know I gotta draw the line (laughs) I gotta have boundaries with the internet because of the world we live in but there are things that I didn't really want to be true for myself and so part of accepting the fact that I did experience certain things had made me feel like well damn like maybe I am all the different things that I was was afraid were true like damn maybe I am this maybe I am that and really in in at this current point in my healing journey I feel like I'm not I don't believe that shit I don't believe that shit I'm not that shit period I'm I'm none of those things I feel like I am who I define myself as period but of course going through trauma unpacking trauma will have you questioning everything like it will have you literally thinking about the smallest of the smallest things and how they have affected your life like your conscious mind is constantly at conflict like always well for me and for other like people that I've seen and then it also affects memory loss and you have to remember shit that you tried so hard to forget and that pushes some of the things some of the memories that you had out of your brain so some of the shit you just like literally the smallest of the smallest things you just can't remember like you're for me I was frazzled so easily because I'm trying to like dig into the the deep craters of my mind or I I have um, dug into those deep craters and so literally 19 years of filling these craters or, or covering them and then to unearth them it's like okay now moving forward it might be another 19 years of like healing. It might be another 19 years of like trying to recover. And that's okay. 
at this point, like, I know that it's not going to be an overnight process. I know that I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be okay 24-7. Nobody is okay 24-7. Nobody is, like, all the way completely there. But I know that I can only control what I can control. I know that I can show up as someone who is doing the best with what I have. And I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be an example for better. I'm trying to cultivate peace and love and good energy and just empathy and compassion and so many different things. But it starts with myself. It starts with really believing that for me and making sure that I apply those things to myself and then sharing that with the world. So, yeah, that's that's basically how we got here. And that's how I want to move in the future. Like, as far as the goal, when I think of Black Girl Banter, when I think of Listen to Black Women, or when I just think about me, my goal is not to be perfect. My goal is not to be what anybody wanted me to be. My goal is not to come on this microphone and, like feed y'all some bullshit because that's not real like I don't want to just come on here and tell y'all um what you want to hear or come on here and tell y'all what the people in my life want me to come and tell y'all like no this is my life this is only something that I can walk in and that I can be completely a thousand percent present in but then like it's also just not real Perfection is not real. There, There's nobody who is 1,000% always good. Like I said, there is, it's, it's just not real. So if that means me coming on here and ranting to y'all for an hour and a half or coming on here and crying with y'all, if that means coming on here and just like, sharing and just talking and just speaking from my heart and speaking from my mind like fuck an outline fuck uh an episode like summary I don't give a fuck about none of that shit like this this whole episode really has just been me speaking from my heart and speaking from the way that I feel in this current moment and just my thoughts like unfiltered just me like I like I said I'm not gonna edit this so it is what it is. Like, I just, I can't, I can't physically, I can't quite literally <laughs> give y'all an episode that is authentic and, and honest, but also perfect because to be honest, I tried that. So, <laughs> and it has not worked. It has not sounded good. It has not like really been something that I felt in my heart of hearts y'all needed to hear. But then I also, like, I just don't, I don't feel like that's a good example for y'all to even follow, for real. Like, I don't feel like, I can't, I can't be an example for all these different things. I can't get on here and tell y'all to go to therapy, to do this, to do that, to be this, to be that, and I'm not actively trying to do that as well 
I got to practice what I preach at the end of the day. So if I come on here and say you're not perfect or you're not, you're not, you know, you're just not perfect, but you're beautiful and you're deserving of love. You're deserving of success. You're deserving of, of opportunity and you will go far in life. But then when it comes to me, I'm like, yeah, girl, so you're going to have to be perfect or else you're not going to be deserving of shit. You're not going to be worthy of shit and bad things are going to come to you. Like, girl, no, that that don't even, <laughs> that don't even sound right. Like that's giving hypocritical and I don't want that at all. In no point in my journey or in my career, like I want, I want to stand 10 toes about the shit that I feel. And I want to be exactly what I preach, period. So, yeah, I appreciate y'all for listening to this whole rant. And I hope that, I hope that y'all like, I don't even know. I just hope that y'all are happy. I hope that y'all are healthy. I hope that y'all are experiencing joy and love because that's what I feel like you deserve period that's what I wish for you and remember that everything that is for you is already on its way to you you just gotta be and you just gotta allow it to come you gotta make room for the good shit so that does mean dealing with the bad shit and really pushing that like out or not even pushing it out but just like uh what is what am I trying to say you have to make room for the good things in life so you've got to deal with the bad things that you're holding on to the baggage that you are carrying from past trauma or just bad things that you've experienced in life you have got to deal with it whether it's Well, no, go to therapy, 1,000%, please. When you are ready, please do it. Please, 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 please find someone who you can talk to, who will help you make sense of, of your thoughts and will teach you healthy psychological methods, please. And then also, if you want to, figure out the spiritual, if you want to, like I said. So whether that means religion, if that's what you want for yourself, or that means astrology and numerology, if that means just whatever, some form of faith, you you need to believe, period. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> you need to have faith in whatever it is please 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 therapy and faith please please that is what for me has pulled me out of the darkest yeah I could could say the darkest point in my life so I want that for everybody because it helped me so you know I can only get on the soapbox because 
I truly believe in it and I truly feel like it's, it helps for real, for real. It works. I am a living, breathing example of it. But it's also only your path and only you can only you can do it for you. Like, you got to make that choice for yourself. You got to make your own... You got to make... You got to create your own healing. And that means pulling from what feels right to you. Pulling from what you connect with. And what you connect with might not be what I connect with. So... But at the end of the day, therapy is just therapy anyway. You need to go to therapy. <laughs> that was kind of more from the spiritual side of what I was saying. But therapy is therapy. Please go to therapy. And that's just that. So, yeah, I love y'all. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Very many more to come. Definitely going to be more consistent. <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> no, I'm going to be more consistent. Period. Like, that's just period. I'm not even going to say I'm going to try. I'm not going to say no, no, no. I'm going to do it. And that's just that. I'm going to claim that for myself. So, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully y'all will get another episode in a more reasonable time. But if not, please just work with me, okay? Please just, <laughs> please love me anyway, okay? Because I love you regardless. And that's just that black girl banter. I'm out, period.